0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Packet 8 Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day podcast and the Blue Wire Network. 20 minutes a day, 365
2: days a year, this is the Pack-A-Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack Day Podcast. I'm Steve Burge, joined as always by Dusty Easley, but no Sarah Kelleher out on Boo. the IR Boo. this week. Apparently, there's a she's she's just not feeling well. Uh, to just so everybody knows, she did get a negative COVID test, so that's a, that's a very good thing. But out for the week, just not feeling great. So hopefully, she feels better. But uh, you got Dusty and I that'll recap the Bengals game talk Pat McAfee talk about the Bears game coming up and uh and,
3: and run through all of it but uh let's, let's start off Dusty how you feel man how you doing I'm doing good man doing good um I got a big thing for work that I've been working on for like eight months it's kind of finally kind of coming to a head next week so things are hectic and I am very tired uh but I can actually see like kind of a light at the end of the tunnel there which is uh which is nice so doing good Packers got a win um it didn't. Know, it didn't necessarily feel like a win, but the Packers got a win. Uh, so yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm doing well, all things considered. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing
2: pretty good. Doing pretty good. Works a little crazy today, but overall, it's uh, it's good to be talking about the Packers, the four and one Packers. Man, mm-hmm. I don't think we anybody really thought we'd be saying that after week one. So uh, yeah, we're doing really good. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the Bengals game. It was uh, some craziness and some uh, a whole crap ton of missed kicks,
3: but. You know, what was it? what was a positive takeaway that you had from the game I think the defense continues to impress I mean they, they they're doing some good things I think you know burrow you know had a couple picks there he didn't always he wasn't always making the best decisions but I mean they were getting constant pressure on him I think given the pressure he was under he made some really nice throws and some really good decisions in spite of that uh but they were I mean it was it was constant pressure uh Campbell was playing well again you know n- until he went out with an injury and I, I'm not sure the status of that Kevin King was playing his best game and Potentially years. Uh, he looked tremendous, so I really liked the defense. The defense was looking good, and after a rocky start, the the passing offense it was still still a little jumbled at times. But uh, but they seemed to hit their stride a little bit as well, which was which was nice. So I mean, yeah, you had those the missed kicks, which was not great. We also got to see some really. Nice kind of uh, Rogers kind of last minute heroics again with some really nice throws, kind of set up field goals and some of those field goals missed. Uh, but he once again was kind of they they know what they're doing in those late game situations. I love, man, um, when they spiked the ball, I think before the before the game went. No, it wasn't before the game winner. It was would have been the game winner to end the game how fast to get up to the line. Those throw to the middle of the field. I think they had 12 seconds left or something like that. And that they got that completion and just they run up like everyone knows what they're doing immediately and just that that kind of late game execution. Uh, you know, a lot of times you see that and it's tough to tell exactly, you know, what coaching does for a team. It's hard to kind of quantify that sometimes. When you see stuff like that and just some of the other little things they do those kind of late game situations where everyone knows get up to the line. Here's where I line up. No one move. Here's how we spike. Just a really well coached team in those end of game situations, which I, you know, I don't know, might come in handy for some playoff games <laughs> or something. So, uh so I don't know. That's, I guess, that's, that's one of my big takeaways, Steve. They're spiking. Their spiking was nice. Yeah, I think there was a there was like twenty seconds left before that play, and
2: I was listening to the game, and Jonathan Vilmo did I thought did a great job yeah. as, as an announcer, but. He's like, oh yeah, you you really got to make sure you're watching the sidelines. They're watching the sidelines. There's not enough time to to, to clock the ball. And I started laughing to myself, like, dude, who have you been watching? Like, <laughs> there's 20 seconds. There's plenty of time for them to like. This is what they do. And then you got the little Rogers fist pump, thinking he had just won the game. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that that was a that was pretty impressive. And then, like you highlighted before, I, I think the play of Devondre Campbell has been. Um, just amazing. Like so, yeah. for somebody that they signed off the streets, uh, it's always been, um, we'll see what we can get. And this is one of the lottery tickets that they signed that actually has paid off so far, which is really cool to see. So, really happy that they've got a, a, a really solid inside linebacker. I'm really excited to see what Jalen Smith is going to be, how he's going to be used coming up in this next game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it was super, super uh, exciting game, crazy game you know celebrations on field goals that didn't go in. I mean, it had a little bit of everything into it. It was just as a interesting game to watch and by the end of it I was just laughing. I didn't I didn't even know what else to do. I didn't know what else to do. So it's laughing. Uh we did have a prop bet for that one as well and it was pretty simple. We just did are the Green Bay Packers going to turn the ball over on offense? And they did. Uh, unfortunately, Rogers did have that interception, so they did turn the ball over. And Sarah, and Sarah, and I both correctly guessed that. And Dusty, you are hoping that the Packers would not turn the ball over. So again, it would have been the ones we would have been happy to lose for sure. But <laughs> uh, so now, standings are sitting four and one for me. Sarah is three and two, and you are sitting in the cellar at one yeah. and four, buddy. You are have to. You have to start start fading yourself i think
3: yeah no i actually i now. actually tried to fade myself last week <laughs> um as well as what happened there uh since weird games but i decided to fade myself i pulled the like a i want to make the opposite decision and it turns out that was wrong that was incorrect last week so <laughs> uh
2: all right so let's get going um a little bit of news on the packers front they did sign a veteran cornerback Quentin Dunbar to the practice squad. Um, so there's that move with Jair being on the IR now with Kevin King being injured. So there's a, a corner, new, some new cornerback in the, in the cornerback room for them. Also Seattle has released Trey flowers and Desmond Trufant was also released. So a couple of other names hit the market uh, potential to see if the Packers will put in a waiver claim for either of those guys. But, as of right now, Quentin Dunbar is the move. What do you
3: think, Dusty? He's a body and they need bodies. I mean, he seems fine. Like, I I like him just fine. I don't I don't know that I'm in love with particularly any of these guys at this stage. But, you know, he's, I don't know, an intriguing name. Uh, he's someone, I think I think I saw, I think Peter Bukowski said something like, if they had signed Quentin Dunbar the offseason instead of bringing back Kevin King, I would have been happy with it, um, which I think is, is likely how I would have felt as well. So, I mean, at this point, it's, man five games into the season, that cornerback room's looking rough. I'm happy with like people that I know that, that have put good things on tape in the past. So I'm not really high. I'm not really low. I'm just, well, they need to bring someone in, and this is the guy they brought in. So I'm, I don't know. I'm fine with it, I guess. I am perfectly fine with it. Yeah, trying to find
2: a high-quality cornerback in week five of the NFL season is a very difficult thing on the street so if you're not trading for somebody if you're not um you know willing to pay a high price for you know if they would have made a move for richard sherman a week or two ago sure that would have been something but yeah it's for week five it's a it's a good move it's fine it is what it is hopefully you know they've had a little luck signing some guys so far so hopefully he'll hit hopefully you know jalen smith will do some good things but another you can't you can't complain in another body for the cornerback room right now yeah yeah tuesday means the pat mcafee show i was able to watch a little of it i know you were able to watch a clip or two so uh dusty we'll just start with you before i go through a couple of other things but you were able to kind of listen in on the the longer segment of his comments on the john gruden situation
3: so yeah. uh, any big takeaway you have from that no, I mean, I just I like, um, you know, a couple things I really liked about it. I, I liked his I liked his take on it. I like, you know, a lot of times you'll get, you know, kind of um, calls or follow up questions or some interruptions every now and then from from Pat McAfee or the or the, the boys, I guess the boys over there as well. they of of chime in, say something. Uh, they just kind of let him go. Um, and, I, you know, I was looking at Rogers and I would kind of look over at McAfee a little bit as well. McAfee just kind of sit back absorbing it. I kind of like to let him go. But I mean, just I mean, his main message was like listen like what the things he said were unacceptable that stuff can't fly like that's that can't happen in a locker room but he said you know the guys in the locker room they know that and and like he said everyone in the locker room every locker room i've ever been on these guys like we you know every, every guy is treated the same and if a coach can't see that uh, and a coach can't treat guys like that you kind of lose respect as a coach and in uh, and, and, and this age as we currently are now he said you know there's coaches showing more empathy perhaps than there was in the past. And just, just this kind of this shift since he's been in the league of some of what he's seen both in the locker room and, and among coaching staff. So he's like, this is, this is something like these guys that are in the locker room with how they're treated, with how we talk to each other, with how we all communicate with some of the issues of the day. This is something that, that if a coach, this comes out and a coach says that that, that just won't fly. And hearing that, I mean, uh, you know, there's a bunch of takes around this. I know I certainly have my own, but I mean, hearing that from a guy, uh, you know a veteran who has been around forever who lives in those locker rooms and has been in that locker room and has seen a bunch of guys come and go that kind of has the feel for what goes on for the the you know the, the pulse of that locker room and and how guys react and how guys interact with each other in there hearing that take like it was I, it was a four or five minute clip of him talking about that um, hearing that kind of thoughtful response about kind of the inner workings of that locker room from a guy who's who 's been there for a very long time, I thought was uh, just, just very, very interesting. Kind of a side, uh, a side of the game we don't see very often. A lot of times, you know, you get some of those, you know, locker room comments or locker room interviews, which we, we have not gotten in the past two years, I guess. Um, but you get you get a taste for some of that. But I think this was just it. Kind of opened the door in a way um, that that I think I hadn't really seen at that level before. So it was just just hearing him talk about that. I thought it was really really interesting. You couldn't
2: agree more. The, the one thing I was a couple of things I took from that uh, segment was. Like you had said that he was very proud of the fact that that those aren't the views that he feels are in Mm -hmm. his locker room or the locker room he's been the locker rooms he's been a part of in the past, and that players that's not how they see the the world. But the one thing I did like is one of the things he really opened with was he said you have to leave space for people to grow and learn. Yes, which I thought was an an amazing comment. I really thought it was is deep and thoughtful and he was able to say that while then saying John Grun had like sh- has a, the the space and the ability to grow and learn from the things that he said doesn't mean that he should have that job and have the job anymore like yeah. that was that was the very like cut and dry caveat of that statement because you know too often nowadays it's you say something stupid and you're done forever and like there there is that 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 growth and that ability for people to learn like you said i think that's a really important thing for for people to really look at so um yeah i, I really loved that uh he also brought out a new book for the aaron rogers book club it is you are the universe by deepak topra i can honestly tell you i have not read that one no. um doubtful that i'm going to get through it in this week what about you
3: Dusty? you think you you ever read that one I've not, no, no. I mean, I, I, know him. I'm familiar with the name and and some of his writings. I've, I've never read that book. I'm, I'm starting the Amityville Horror, Steve. I don't have, I don't have time for that one, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. The last, the last season of Shameless just came out on Netflix, so I'm. Uh... <laughs> See, we, we all have our, we all have our very highbrow, high value things mm-hmm. we're going after. Mm-hmm. Steve. It's a different type of book club. <laughs> <laughs> Different type of book club. Uh and then the only other big
2: thing that uh, kind of came through all this was he was talking a little bit about uh how inflated he likes a football and you know there's the narrative that that he likes an overinflated ball and then we got to hear the story of where that came from and that was Bill Sims shockingly, where he was in a pre pre show meet or a, a pre game meeting with them, and talked about how he prefers to have it at. And this was at like peak of Deflate Gate, and how he likes to have a ball inflated to like thirteen to thirteen point five psi because, to quote Aaron Rodgers, he has big hands and a and strong grip pressure. <laughs> I don't know, like, where that – like, nobody ever said anything about his hands or his grip pressure, but he needed to make sure that got out there. But, you know, he wanted to debunk the narrative of Phil Sims, and if we've all listened to Phil Sims before, I don't think anybody's really shocked that that, that he didn't come out with the full truth. <laughs> but I'm just glad that uh, he was able to air those grievances and make sure that we all are aware of, uh, you know, that Aaron Rodgers has, a big, has big hands and a strong grip pressure. So,
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know. Definitely was doubting that previously, but glad it's all clear now. Dusty, let's get it going, man. Bears Week. It's an exciting Bears time. week. Bears week. They've got a rookie quarterback. They're, you know, hot to track because they're three and two and they have a winning record for the first time in forever. Um, But we're going to do what we always do. Uh, Obviously, minus Sarah again, but uh, Packers offense versus the Bears defense. And we'll talk about one of the things that you're going to be looking at this week during the game. So um, why don't you hit hit us with what you're looking at?
3: Yeah. We're, we're five games in at this point. Uh, and so, you know, it's enough to kind of kind of look at some of these numbers and make some sense out of them. So, uh, one of the big things last year, you know, Packers last year, they were scoring touchdowns on, it was, they ended up the season scoring touchdowns on 76.8% of trips in the red zone or gold zone, which was number one in the league. Uh, you know, they're, they dominated that area all year. Uh, and and they, they came with a lot of really nice designs and a lot of really good execution down there. Um, now, that stuff, a lot of times red zone scoring, some of that stuff can be a little fluky. It's not necessarily sustainable year over year. So a little bit of a drop was expected there for sure, just for a thousand different factors. But not quite like this. So last year, again, they were so they were they were averaging 3.8 trips of the red zone through the 2020 season and they were scoring touchdowns on 76.8% of those. So far this year, they are getting four an average of four trips to the red zone per game. So right in line, 3.8 last year, for this year, they're scoring touchdowns on 55%. Of their trips to the red zone, so, so through five five games or through five ga- games last year, they were sixty six point seven. So they weren't they were still kind of building up. They were not they were not where they were. You know they weren't seventy six percent all year, but they kind of had a rough week one, and they were scoring like the previous three games leading up to week five. They're scoring at eighty percent, so they were ramping up even at this point last year. They were kind of finding their form, and they kind of sustained that all year. So far this year, I think they had 40% last week, 50% over the last three and 55% overall, which puts them real low. I think they're between, uh, the Titans and the Jets as far as red zone efficiency. I believe they're 27th in the league, uh, scoring touchdowns in the red zone. And so that's, that's one thing in and of itself. Now, some of that, you know, some of that is their offensive line. Um, is, has been banged up. They've not had a Bakhtiari all year. They've had moving pieces. Some of that running game, you don't, you don't necessarily get the push down there that you would necessarily expect likely with your starters in there. So some of those holes aren't there to run through. So that's part of it. But some of it also just, it feels a little hard. They had a really nice touchdown to Randall Cobb. You know, a couple of games ago off a really nice variation that I, that I talked on and wrote about that week. Well, this week they had a sprint out to the left. That's a tough throw to make, even for Aaron Rodgers. A sprint out to the left, your only option is Randall Cobb. You're throwing across your body while running full speed laterally. Now, that's a throw Aaron Rodgers can make, but that almost got jumped and picked off. Like some of those, they're making it a little hard on themselves, I think partially because the running game is going. Now they're going up against a Bears team. I pull my numbers up here. They're going up against a Bears team that's allowing touchdowns on thirty-seven point five percent of opponent trips to the red zone. They're third in the league at red zone defense. The Bears are, and so I mean, this is going to be, you know, I think that the Bengals game this past week again they scored on forty percent. That that game's over if they if they score touchdowns down there at the clip they were last year. And so this is one of those Bears team. You know, they've got a a pretty good defense. Um, The offense, we don't really know what they are right now. Justin Fields, I think, is an upgrade over Dalton, still a rookie. I think there's going to be fits and starts. But they're a, they're a good enough team to be feisty to hang around. And they can certainly hang around if you're kicking field goals instead of scoring touchdowns in the red zone. And so, again, the Bears are not going to make it easy on them. Um, but this is something not just for this game, but that going forward, just, you know, I don't expect them to score 78% of the time or 76% of the time in the red zone. But... That needs to that needs to jump up. Fifty five percent ain't gonna cut it. Uh, you know, especially especially in the playoffs. We're a long way from the playoffs, but this is a game that if they settle for field goals in the red zone, that could come back to bite them uh, against the Bears here. So that's 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 the big area I'm looking at when they get in the red
1: zone. You gotta punch it in, man. difference in the purchase price. Personally, I can't wait for that first game back at Lambeau Field, Packers-Lions with fans in the stands again. I've already got my tickets from TickPick, and I'll be there watching Monday Night Football in person. I absolutely cannot wait. Visit TickPick.com slash Packaday today and use promo code PACADAY to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
4: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
2: I'm going to be looking at the rushing offense kind of combined with the offensive line because – you know, it wasn't. It was definitely not a great showing for the rush game for the offensive line against the the Bengals. Uh, if you take out that big Aaron Jones run, I mean, I think they only had like nineteen rushes for fifty some yards outside of that big one. So, uh, just I didn't like a lot of the rush calls. Like, I didn't understand a lot where you know. It just it didn't make sense to me. So, you know the the Bears rush defense right now statistically. Uh, thanks to Dusty for helping me th- with this, but their DVOA for rush defense is eleventh. Their passes pass defense is fourth. So, uh, I, I really am looking for the the Packers to try to establish that run game because that sets up everything that they do. That sets up their. Um, their play action game that sets up um, the deep ball that sets up pretty much everything that they can do out of that offense. And when you're struggling and nobody's biting on play action, like, (laughs) I mean, I I love Matt LaFleur. I didn't really think anybody was biting too hard in overtime on the play action calls. Like I just, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not run some of those, but um, so just, looking to get back to what they've been really good at with Aaron Jones, with, with AJ Dillon, you know, even he wasn't, he wasn't hitting those four or five yards a clip that he normally was doing. So that, that uh, Bengals defense was better than everybody thought, but yeah, it's something that they really need to get back to, to being very effective if they want to have a, have another win under their belt against the bears. So that is what I'm looking for. Kind of got uh, creative this week, Dusty, on our prop bet. So, <laughs> uh, do you want to break this one down, or
3: do you want me to do it? Uh yeah. Let's let man. Let's get it. Okay. So you know we every week we look at prop bets, and we usually get what were the rushing yards, what's the defense, what's the average, what's the turnovers, all that. But listen, man, Allen Robinson hasn't been doing much so far this year. And I don't know if you've noticed, but Devontae Adams has been doing things so far this year. Definitely uh, went over. Well, just a bit. Went over 200 yards this past week, which is which is insane. And some people are upset about it for reasons I, I can't quite understand. But what we're going to do is we're going to say, okay, you take Devontae Adams' total yards. You chop that in half. Does Allen Robinson have more than half of Devontae Adams' yards? So if Devontae Adams has 200 yards and Allen Robinson, Robinson has 101, Allen Robinson wins because he has one more yard than 50% of Devontae Adams yards. So that's, that's what we are going to do. Over, under, Allen Robinson, more than 50% of, uh, Devontae Adams yards. And I guess I'm going first thing. I'm going first because okay. I'm, a, I'm the low man on the totem pole here. At some point, you guys are going to have to help me out and help have me go last because I'm <laughs> dying here, man. I'm dying here. You can go. La- do you want to go last? I'll let you nah, go. No, nah, I'm good. Cause I already, I already know what I'm going to do. I was just, <laughs> that was performative is what it was, Steve. Uh, Robinson hasn't done much. His biggest game was in week four, uh, which was Fields' first start. Granted, 63 yards, three catches on three targets. Uh, but, I mean, so far, this is his yardage by game. 35, 24, 27, 63, 32. Now the Bears, you know, good pass defense. Um, but the Packers are, I mean, he Adams is in a zone right now. They were doubling him, and he was still getting open. That that big Fifty nine yard catch or whatever. That say that deep yeah. ball. He just right ran yeah. right between them. Yeah, yeah. He was doubled. He was. They were. They were doubling that a little more, and the Packers used at their advantage a little bit. But he can. He can beat it. So I'm just going to go based on what Rogers and Devontae are doing. I'm going to go Devontae Adams. I just think. I think Allen Robinson's going to get his looks. He's going to get his targets. But I think the Bears are going to try to try to slow slow ground this one out if they can. Dink and dunk protect fields a little bit and i think uh, i think adams is going to be the guy i think it's gonna be hard to run against so i think they're trying to ba- pass so i hope this is not the kiss of death and Devontae adams has five yards this week because i have <laughs> picked him but i'm gonna go Devontae adams on this one
2: yeah and we're kind of we're waiting hoping sarah will respond but we're still she might be asleep so <laughs> if she does if she does like we'll let her obviously just put it out on twitter we'll put it on twitter when uh, we find out what her answer is but uh, I'm going to be agreeing with you, Dusty. I think I'm going to be taking the under that uh, Robinson will not. I think Devontae Adams is doing way too much. And, I mean, if you put Jalen Johnson on him, who I believe is their top corner, um, yeah, I, I fully believe in Devontae over that. And Eric Stokes can run, like he showed. I mean, he's hanging with Jamar yep. Chase, doing doing a great job. And even though he is the most targeted cornerback in the NFL right now, he's still he's doing some really good things and, continually learning and getting better. Like he's not regressing. He's not letting it ruin his confidence, which I think is a huge thing. So, yeah, I mean, I would, I'm would. i anticipating another 150 from Devontae. And if you're telling me Allen Robinson goes over under 75, yeah, I'd take the under. So I don't really feel that that Bears offense is just lights out. And, yeah, so I think that's kind of where I'm sitting. And then, yeah, as soon as we get an update on Sarah, we will let everybody know. But that leads us into our questions, and we uh, I think this is the, the fewest amount of questions we've ever gotten from yeah. Twitter. So, we'll, yeah, we'll just run through the two that we got, and we'll wrap it up, and uh, we'll keep this one a little shorter. But first one is from Tyler. After the recent news, most likely involving Gruden, is there anything that you could that could make you abandon your Packers fandom? And then what is your
3: best healthy food taste-wise? what would make you leave Packers fandom dusty man i'm sure there's something but honestly i hate to speculate because it kind of leads me down a dark road in terms of like <laughs> kind of projecting forward like well what is it and then i start kind of playing out these scenarios in my head of well and i've got you know i've got a couple ideas for sure there's there's things i've contemplated in the past if certain moves have happened well is this something that would that would you know cause me to do that but it's kind of one of those that i i don't really want to speculate on just because it it takes me down a a dark line of thinking that I don't, I don't particularly care for. Um, But I mean, I think there, I think there would be things. I mean, I think honestly, if I was a Washington football fan, I would have given up my team long ago. Um, You know, when all this, especially when all the scandal stuff came out, whatever it was two years ago now or something like, that's been just a steady build of a lot of different things. And I think that, that probably would have been the camp, the straw that broke the camel's back at that point. Um, But yeah, I don't, as far as Packers, I don't want to speculate, but I will say if I was a Washington fan, I I probably would have walked away <laughs> at this point. Bell um, best healthy food. I don't know, man. I don't, do I eat healthy foods? I, we've been, I've been trapped inside for like two years, man. I don't know. Like the Hershey chocolate bar. Um I, i'll go go back to like my childhood i don't know i like i like cold carrot sticks there's something about a cold carrot stick that i just kind of enjoy just just sitting in like cold water i don't know if everyone did that or if that was just my household um carrot sticks and water in the fridge something about the sweetness Hmm. and the crispness to them that i've always enjoyed okay not too bad um yeah
2: i mean i think i'm on this on the same level as you with this There is. Yeah, absolutely. There, there is some sort of limit to my fandom. Like I'm not just going to blindly follow a team if they start, I I, I don't even know, but yes, there's absolutely a limit to, I'm not just going to blindly follow a team no matter what. It's not a, um, I love the Packers to death and they can do no wrong. Like absolutely. They can do things that would piss me off and, and send me, send me off of the phantom, but hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, I think they've got some strong leadership behind them, so they shouldn't be making too many horrible moves, but you never know. Crazier things have happened in the NFL. So best healthy food taste-wise, yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm the healthiest person in the world, but um, I would say I normally, you know, some fresh fresh fruit salad or a – Big thing in my house, we get those like baby cucumbers. We'll slice those up, put just a little hint yeah. of salt and some lime on them, cut them up for the kids. Those are really good. Fresh avocado, like really good, just cut avocado is really good with a little chicken and rice like that. Just simple stuff like that. I'm a pretty, pretty on board. But yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, today for lunch, I had a double cheeseburger and a large soda from the Quake Trip. So let's not go out and say that I have the healthiest diet in the world. <laughs> Uh, all right. And the last question is from Don, our good friend, Don. Um, with everything that went down, I don't know if you saw this, I believe it was Sunday Night Football with the rain delay. They were talking about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and how the ratios were off. And they, and the uh, so her question is in that vein. So is it a PB&J, a P or a J, a P ap or aj if it's peanut butter and jelly, what's the ratio of peanut butter to jelly? Also, any fun theories as to the missed kicks at the Packers-Bengals game Sunday? So what's uh,
3: what's your peanut butter and jelly? What's your what, How do you make one? I have no idea. One to one, probably, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, you know, glop some on, glop some on. I used to get, like, real, uh, I used to eat a bunch of them at work. And so I'd get like really, you know, organic sourdough bread, and I'd get the natural peanut butter and like homemade jam and I really do it up. Now I don't do that, man, because i I got, you know, kids and stuff, and it's just what's what's in the pantry, what do we currently have? They would take They would with. take one look at that sandwich and say, I don't want it. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. No, <laughs> they would throw it in the garbage. Um, and I don't want to get rid of it. So it's probably just one to one. It's whatever I glop on. I'm a big fan of uh see this blackberry jam um, or jelly is, oh, is my okay. kind of my go-to on that. So I don't know if that matters, but that's, uh that's kind of the way I go with that. Um, fun theories as to the missed kicks. I don't know, probably because of something you did, Don. That's probably. <laughs> no, Damn. I don't know. It's. Damn. I mean. <laughs> love you, Don. Uh, no, some of it. I mean, it's, it's, some of it's weirdness in Cincinnati. It's funny. Cause you're like, well, maybe it was the wind, but like, McPherson hit that hit the flag and like it wasn't blowing that hard. It's not like it was swirling wind on the field. I don't know, man. It was Rogers. I did see one other uh short clip from McAfee where he talked about um someone asked about like kind of the mental stress of playing. He's like, Yeah, you get a little bogged down sometimes. Like it was hot down there and the field kind of that that joint kind of faux artificial turf down there. Like that's a little hot as well as our first afternoon game. And sometimes weird things happen and weird things happen to the Packers in Cincinnati. I mean, I've mentioned this before. I was, I was there the far five interception game when a guy came off the field and it came off the stands and stole the ball out of Favre's hand while he was getting ready to throw the last pass of the game. Uh, that ended in a stoppage and play, and a guard just absolutely obliterating that man. That uh, Jonathan Franklin uh, popping a ball up into the air while trying to run out the clock. I mean, there's, there's weird things happen in Cincinnati, so I'm just gonna go ahead and and just blame it on Cincinnati. I guess I like Cincinnati as a town, but I'll just blame it on Cincinnati at this point. No, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, smooth or crunchy peanut butter. Used to be crunchy, but I go smooth lately.
2: Okay. Like,
3: I think as I got older, I don't know. I like the texture, but in the sandwich, I just don't like the texture anymore. And then what's your go to brand? Oh, it's whatever the kids eat. It's, uh, I think it's Jif at this point. I used to, now, if it's just me at work, like I would just have a big old jar of peanut, uh, Peter Pan because Peter Pan uh, uh, creamy is just true. It's, it's a level above. It's a level above. Oh. My kids don't like it. So I haven't had it in a while. Yeah. Well, I respect your kid's opinion
2: more than yours, so. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that. You didn't have to say it, though. (laughs) Uh, No, I think peanut butter and jelly, yeah, I'm pretty much the same. About half and half. It's not uh, more or less of one. And then I always, my go-to move to kind of make it unique was to put potato, like Lay's potato chips in the sandwich and make it a crunchy peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I always enjoyed doing that. So that was always my go-to move when I was a kid. Um, my wife told me that she used to put Doritos in hers. So that was another uh, one I learned about. I've okay. never heard of that one before. So same concept. And then, yeah, honestly, I know I know everybody was saying, and Crosby's come out and said, and the floors come out and said, no, it had nothing to do with the the horrible blocking for him to pull everything left. But I mean you saw one of like the first one that he missed that uh there was, like four guys in the backfield yeah. on the on the right hand side that he would have naturally pulled a little left. And I don't know. I think that stuff gets in your head a little bit, but I'm down with blaming Cincinnati. That sounds about right to me. And easiest yep. way to
3: go. So
2: yeah. We I, did I get
3: missed. we got a last second question in here, Steve. Snuck oh, under the did. wire we from did. Matt Pickett. Probably too late on this, but here it goes. What's your favorite thing about going to a live football game? It's not too late, Matt. Uh, Matt is probably asking because Matt went to the game this past weekend. He was at the Cincinnati game and, and oh, nice! and likely aged 10 years there on the stands and the heat <laughs> and all the insanity. Uh So uh since I took over this question, since I saw it, Steve, you get to go first this time, Steve. What's your favorite thing about going to a live football game?
2: Man, there is nothing better than getting the wave going when the Packers are on offense. All right, we're done. It's... <laughs> Cut this off. We're done.
3: Is that not right? Is that not what you're supposed to do? Incorrect. <laughs> I didn't think there's a wrong answer because it's an opinion question, but that was incorrect.
2: <laughs> uh, honestly, it's just like the whole ambiance of the whole thing, especially if it's a game at Lambeau, man, that's just when you that first like step of walking into the stadium and seeing the grass and just it's like it has a whole different feel like it's great to watch the game and it's an amazing they've they created such an amazing experience for the tv where you legit sometimes question like well why am i gonna go to a game because this is perfect like i see all the angles i see everything i need to but it's that feeling that you get you know it's the 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 love that you've had built up for so long for the Packers that that kind of takes over. So, I mean, it's just like the whole overall experience in general to me is one of those things that it's it's hard to beat for the the few opportunities I've had to get up there and go to a game.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's it. I mean, and, and, you know, I went and talked to this game before my first game I went to was week 17 of the 07 season. That's the first time I've been to Lambeau and it was legit tears in my eyes walking, walking into that stadium, walking in a tunnel for the first time and seeing it. And, you know, I obviously it's, it doesn't happen to me every single time, but you go up there and you just, every time I'm up there, I think of like that specific stadium and I've been to some other stadiums as well, but Lambeau, it's this, uh, the history that's happened there, you know, some of that, but it's just it's the energy of the crowd, man. Like it really does kind of take over the, the the ebbs and flows. You could I mean, for me, you know, part of it is you can see more. Um, I like to watch. I like to watch the wide receivers on offense. I like to watch the safeties on defense. And so you get that better view if you're placed up high enough, Um, which which would generally are. And so you get kind of that view of the game a little bit as well. You get to see a little better how they're setting stuff up what they're breaking, kind of kind of what they're looking at there. Uh, but it's it's I mean, really, like to get really down into it, man, it's, it's the roar of the crowd, the roar of the crowd. It's the sounds that come out of my mouth. Man, when a big play happens, when everyone's going nuts, I just I scream like I don't at home. Um because I don't I don't really do that at home. I don't do that when I'm watching friends at home. But you get you get caught up in the highs and lows at the stadium in a way you don't. I was at that game, I was at the Monday night game, that Lions game, uh this year. And that was just it's just wild. man. I'm in game in two years uh, and it's it just it just kind of takes over. So there's a thousand things I love about it. I love, you know, all the people there. I love high fiving strangers. Um, you know, I, I love drinking overpriced beer, but it's just it's it's just getting involved the kind of emotionally in a way I, I typically don't at home and just kind of riding those ebbs and flows. That's kind of the that's that's that, that's it, basically. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more.
2: Well, let's, uh, let's finish this thing out strong. Uh, some closing thoughts. What's your, what are your articles you got? What's
3: going on you want to tell everybody about? Yeah, man, I'm trying to blitz through it. It's been, like I said, busy week at work. And so I'm still kind of working through it a little bit, but I am kind of doing everything I can do to get my stuff out. So yesterday at Pack Report, I wrote about the uh, Chris Barnes sack where he uh, kind of a really nice uh, four-man pressure look where they overloaded one side and Chris Barnes blew up uh, uh, P. Ryan in the backfield and just held on to Burrow's shoulder and took him down. So that was like just that, that dialed-up pressure look, which is something we didn't really see through the first game and a half of the season. But Barry's doing – a, re- I mean, in a lot of phases of the defense, but some of that dialing up pressure while keeping enough guys back to kind of keep that defense sound like he's doing a really good job with that and so he had a few of those this past week i looked at that one at packer report uh today at packer report i've got kind of a look uh on a screen to kylan hill off of a kind of a fake rpo look and how that how the, the threat of a run and then the look to an RPO and the throwback to a screen kind of yo-yos those linebackers and opens up space underneath for the screens. That was a really fun look. Um, that was when I kind of was like, that one might be fun to look at. And as I dug in, like it was really, really fun. So that's at Packer Report today. At Cheesehead today is going to be Passing Chronicles, which I'm desperately trying to finish before my deadline. <laughs> um, got some uh, slant flat stuff in there, which they ran, I think five times this past week. Uh, kind of got a little deep into the Y cross concept, which they ran and just, you know a handful of other concepts here and there uh offense was a little disjointed at times uh, this past weekend but uh when they were when they were on and they were hitting uh, they 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 threw some fun stuff out there and it seemed like for the first time this year really um they were kind of repeating some concepts just based on the opponent. They're running stuff out there multiple times uh, because they had looks they were looking for. And I hadn't seen it at that level so far this year. So it was kind of kind of fun to see that. So I've got that. And then I think um, at some point this week, I'm hoping tomorrow or Thursday over on my sub stack, I'm going to be looking at their use of uh, their play action bootleg concept and some, um, I talked about this. I was on lockdown Packers with, with Peter Bukowski yesterday or two days ago, I guess. Uh, and kind of talked about the, their use of play action boot and how, defenses are changing how they defend that where they're essentially keeping a man home on the backside and and covering up that boot and the Packers are looking to find a way through that it's less boot some half boot stuff and so it's a little disjointed That's some of the disjointed stuff I'm going to run through that later this week as well kind of looking at okay here's what's not working with their play action boot which is a staple and in this you know McVay Shanahan Lafleur system and kind of what they're doing almost looks like changing on the fly uh, some of the stuff they're doing to kind of protect against that so uh, I hope that's going to be a good look i've got i think six plays to look at from this past week uh so that should be up a little early this week as well uh yeah again like a little disjointed but quite a bit of fun stuff falling out of the, this uh this past week
2: very cool um The only thing I've got going, uh, my mom is actually having some surgery on Wednesday when this comes out. So fingers crossed that all goes just to uh, clean up a small tear in the knee. So hopefully that should go swimmingly for her. But um, there's that. And then I think the only thing that I want to make a small comment about is just, you know, there's been a lot of back and forth between people about fandom and how to be a fan in the proper way and everything and it just like and i mean smash mouth got freaking taken down by packers fans which was just thoroughly impressive i really appreciate it but it's just it comes back to like allowing people to enjoy the sport enjoy music enjoy whatever it is in whatever way that makes them happy it's, it's not about you and your fandom. Like if you're a crazy fan and you can name all the Packers players from the 1966 team, that's amazing. That's, that's great for you, but that doesn't mean that's the way it has to be for everybody. So, you know, don't go out of your way to make somebody feel stupid or don't go out of your way to just be a a d bag about, you know, your team versus um, their fandom and how, how that all, how that affects you. So um, because, you know, is Twitter we we really react immediately to what <laughs> exactly what we see happening in the exact second that it happens and you know real time that's the most important thing in the world. So take a step back. Let somebody else enjoy it the way that they want to enjoy it because it really doesn't have an effect on you. So that is my closing thought. But I want to thank everybody again for always is listening. Um if you want to follow us on Twitter at Dusty Evely at Sarah Keller for at Steve Perhatch and at Packaday Podcast. We will be back next week talking about, uh, hopefully, a victory over the Bears. And Sarah should be back around for everybody. So we will uh, we'll be back then, as always. Make sure you're listening to the pack podcast every single day of the week for new content from us. But thank you for listening. And as always, Go Pack Go!